Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations, and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and, and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us, and together, we'll look at the world and ourselves with Inner Sight. Our topic uh, for today is Spiritual Law, Part 2. And... We were speaking last last week about how there are spiritual laws in this universe. Uh, We like to think they were set in motion by God. And we were speaking about how so many of us, uh, especially, I guess, uh, in times gone by, were looking upon the only laws that were relevant, uh, that were laws that were man-made, that were maybe a consequence of uh, uh, things and actions that we could see, touch, and feel. But as Sarah said last week, I mean... Take a look at the law of gravity, for example. If you uh, don't believe in it because you can't, uh, it's not tangible, well, try to defy it and take a walk off the Empire State Building and demonstrate your belief, and you'll certainly discover that the law of gravity indeed does exist. Well, we feel that there are very profound spiritual laws that are just as valid as, perhaps more valid, than any laws that we respect on, on this earth that are, that are visible. In recognition of these four laws of rebirth, of love, of the group and of the land, we shall see the salvation of the human race. And that's a quote from the founder of Lucis Trust, Alice Bailey, and she speaks about four very major laws that uh, are written about in her literature. Alice Bailey, by the way, is the uh, uh, author of 24 volumes of literature. And all of the dialogue that emanates from this show, Inner, inner Sight, is a, a consequence or in some way relates or is tangential to the writings of Alice Bailey. And uh, we're going to continue with this discussion that we had last week uh, on spiritual law. And I'd like to know why it's so important. Why is it so important to educate the general public in these particular laws? To... Um repeat the the four laws that uh, Alice Bailey said would uh, bring about the salvation of the human race they are 
the laws of rebirth, of love, of the group, and of the land. It seems to me that these laws, maybe this is true of all laws, but these laws in particular, I think we learn to respect in the violation of them first. In other words, by um, ignoring these laws for uh, untold uh, eons, humanity learns gradually that uh, the only happiness, the only um, salvation is to start obeying them. So they are very fundamental, basic laws that uh, every human being, regardless of place or position on the spiritual path, can begin to grasp. I think that's the implication of of her statement. They're important to, um, <clears throat> to to the general public, I think, because they, they, uh, a realization of the existence of these laws extends human consciousness deeper into into the inner planes of uh, of life and consciousness, and uh, it it uh, gives one a, a deeper and a more broader appreciation of just uh, their place in the world, I think, because these uh, uh, everybody is subject to these laws and uh, they can't avoid them. Um, so it, it's just another way of learning more about ourselves, really. Most people, I think, think of law as something that's um, imposed from without. As you said in your opening remarks, we tend to think that law is imposed by society or by the police or by the court system, or by the legislature of our nation. Uh, and these are all law-making, law-imposing bodies. But gradually, I think we, we learn as human beings that the, the strongest law of all is imposed from within ourselves. And I think maybe that's what you are uh, implying, Dale, in your, in your comment, that the soul, the inner being, has a sense of law, of justice of right and wrong that it spends eons trying to impress upon its outer instrument via the mind uh, so the soul as I understand it is the the source of all of these laws of rebirth of love of the group it it causes the the instrument through which it incarnates the the personality to um, suffer by the violation of the laws and gradually learn and correct itself? Yes, and uh, <clears throat> if we realize these laws emanate from inside ourselves, then um, it's um, it easier to um, to accept them, I think. Mm -hmm. if, if a law is imposed, if you think it's imposed from outside by some higher authority, then there is a tendency to rebel against it. But uh, once you realize that they are operating uh, through you and the, the source of these laws are divine, then uh, there is more of an acceptance and a willingness to uh, work with them rather than oppose them. And I think this idea that law is imposed from within by the soul is something that uh, parents and perhaps teachers could begin to instill in children for, from a very young age because maybe we talked about this in our last program but there's a particular age where children become very conscious of the law I don't know if it's four or six or seven or what but child psychologists have identified a particular stage in the child's development 
when the child becomes really conscious of law and is very quick to point out the injustice and the basic rottenness of life <laughs> when somebody gets away with something. And we've all gone through that stage, and we can all understand it perfectly. Some of us remain in that stage forever. But children have a natural understanding of law and a need to impose order. So I would think this idea of internal law could be evoked in a child at a very early age, maybe starting with the idea of the conscience. That's the first uh, indicator Mm -hmm. that we've violated the law. Our conscience tells us. If we learn to listen to it, we don't feel at ease with ourselves. We don't feel completely at peace. Or we're spending a lot of time trying to justify something we did or said mm-hmm. and make it right. That tells us we we know undeniably that we've violated a law. Well, what did Alice Bailey mean when she wrote that this law of rebirth, when, uh, when understood, will help rectify problems of sex and marriage? Well, they go together, sex, marriage, and rebirth, because as we've um, discussed in past programs, our our closest relationships in life with our our marriage partners, with our families, our our relationships that have um, endured over probably countless lifetimes, they're group relationships that recur as family units, and I suppose as deep friendships too, uh, over many lifetimes. So... Rebirth would help us, the, the, an understanding of rebirth and of its uh, power as a law would help us understand why we're in the relationships we're in now, what we're trying to put right mm-hmm. as a marriage partner, what we're supposed to learn, and I think most importantly of all, what we're supposed to give to that other person. A lot of our suffering comes in our ignorance about how we could give or serve another person. And I think there's another um, aspect to this of uh, looking at, uh, well, the problem of sex, and that's um, looking at this whole energy in terms of energy or the the impulse of the sexual impulse in terms of energy because that is also uh, the working out of a law. Uh, The sexual impulse is... um, very strong and usually in our earlier years in our teenage years especially and that's when the the energies are flowing most uh, dynamically and uh, it's it's a matter of bringing this impulse under control and where the mind and the mental body um, begins to exert a control over the impulses and these uh, very strong impulses then uh, we're, we're actually applying the law to this energy, and uh, if we can lift it up and, and redirect it, then that's also applying a law of uh, redirection. There's another um, aspect to the law of rebirth. It, um, it's the familiar saying that uh, whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap, or uh, in the more popular um um, saying uh, what goes around comes around. We have a sense that we receive in return what we have given out. And mm-hmm. that lies behind or at the, the foundation of the law of rebirth. We are re-experiencing what we have set in motion in past incarnations. When you apply that to sex and marriage, you uh, can begin to see how it 
should, if you understand the law, modify your behavior, modify your relationships, um, make them less selfish, less um, um, what? Less uh, of a tendency to use people for your own happiness. So many otherwise good and fairly decent people basically use others or approach them as um, uh, objects that can satisfy their own happiness and their own uh, welfare rather than thinking of how they can serve those people. Yes, and the point you brought up a minute ago about the um, the um, um, rebirth being the, the law of incarnation, reincarnation being... Um, a recovery of all relationships. And uh, this is, I think, a very important uh, aspect to, to bring out here because um, so many, um, often our, our lifetimes are just that. They're opportunities for uh, paying back old indebted, uh, old, old debts from uh, previous uh, existences. Mm-hmm. Or they may be a chance to make a restitution and make progress in some way. And we we often come back and meet up again with the same uh, family members or same group work people that we worked with in the previous existences. So there are always a recapitulation that's that's going on. And I was thinking of this in terms of we I should say also we meet old friends, but we also meet old enemies. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and <laughs> sometimes our we we come back and. Uh, we have to patch up these old uh, 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 relationships that uh, were, went bad in, in previous lifetimes. So because it, it's a balancing out process, we have to yeah. create a balance. And yeah. it isn't a punishment. No. You shouldn't see it as punishment. It's, a, it's as we've said once before in this, these programs about uh, rebirth, it's, it's a matter of bringing back into balance certain energies and forces that have gotten out of balance. Yeah, I think if you approach reincarnation, rebirth, as a process of perfection rather than as a process of punishment, it uh, takes on a very positive um, implication for life that nothing that we have done that was wrong or um, incomplete is ever uh, left in that state. We always have a chance later to redeem it to make it right, to bring it to a completion, to lift it up. And Mm -hmm. I find this very, um, it expresses the goodness of uh, the laws of the universe, that we always get another chance. We always have an opportunity to to do better. Yes, and the word opportunity is interesting because in the writings of Alice Bailey, the one of the other names given to the law of rebirth is the law of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a unique way of seeing each lifetime as an opportunity to improve yourself and your position and improve and work towards this perfection. And I was also <clears throat> thinking that this, uh, if we could just imagine how this information and knowledge of past experiences would help psychologists, if they could um, approach the problems that they have with their patients from the standpoint of perhaps what these problems have recurred in previous existences, then it might help them to explain and to uh, know how to correct and bring back into balance these problems that 
seem to crop up in one's life lifetime. Well, apparently, um, whether or not psychologists um, accept the idea of rebirth, apparently large numbers of human beings do. I think it's interesting that the writings of Alice Bailey said that the law of rebirth would be one of the laws that should be impressed on the public consciousness because people who have taken um, done research and taken polls of uh, people have found that the vast majority of them do believe in some kind of rebirth. Um, on some level or not, they they believe that there is a return and a um, a picking up of the thread mm-hmm. from lifetime to lifetime. So it is very much a, a law that the public mm-hmm. consciousness is ready for. Yes, and many people, more and more people, I think, are 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 um, having remembering. They're remembering incidences from these past experiences. They probably more people than want to admit it. They may think they're kind of weird if they do, but uh, uh, the, these uh, remembrances are real because they're brought into the next life. Except that there is uh, also the kind of humorous tendency of people to believe that they were Cleopatra or well, Napoleon yeah, or yeah. whatever <coughs> when most of us were but carrying bricks yeah. and uh, sweeping <laughs> floors. And galley slaves and <laughs> whatnot. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It is an idea that uh, is in the public consciousness. Mm -hmm. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. And our topic for today is is spiritual law, spiritual law part part two. Uh, If you'd like to order our books, uh, and we'd certainly like you to, we have 24 volumes of books, but if you'd like to explore the book that that probably uh, focuses on this particular topic more than the others, it would be Esoteric Psychology. So if you'd like to order Esoteric Psychology, you certainly can. Or if you'd like to order uh, our general package of information, you might not want to know uh, who, well, who is Lucis Trust, who are these people who are speaking, and what are they all about? Well, the uh, most commonly asked question is, are you a religion? No, we're not a religion. We have many people from all walks of life, many backgrounds, uh, a multitude of religions who are interested in uh, the works of Alice Bailey and in the organization called Lucis Trust. However, uh, if you, I guess, uh, well, I guess the best way to look at us is uh, people who like to look at spiritual philosophy. We enjoy uh, talking about many different beliefs, backgrounds, and we uh, attempt to see the uh, the value in every religion, and we attempt to explore religion, speak about it, and, and look for, a lot of times we'll look for a commonality uh, of good uh, with religion, and we'll see much of the, uh, many of the same themes in all religion. And we've spoken about this on a number of shows. So if you'd like to order our general package of information that explains who we are and what you can you can expect if you uh, read our literature or if you um, uh, attend some of our meetings, well, you can order uh, th- those books on, at one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. That's a toll-free number. It's one eight six six. Six nine five eight two four seven. We'd be happy to send that general package of information. It's quite comprehensive. Tells you a lot about Lucis Trust. Well, we'll send it to you free of charge, of course, and uh, it's a toll-free number. An easy way of remembering uh, the number is one eight six six N Y Lucis. Think of New York Lucis. One eight six six N Y Lucis. Our website is www.lucistrust.org, and on our website you can. Key into our uh, library of shows, our previously archived shows. We have many of them now, and you can 
take a look at all the different topics that we've uh, spoken about that uh, are, are very representative of Lucis Trust. And our email is newyork at org. And remember also that this show is funded by the generous donations of our listeners. And we need and welcome your support. And there are, we, we're speaking about all of these spiritual laws, and we're acknowledging that uh, the spiritual laws, w- which are written about uh, by Alice Bailey in her 24 volumes of books, and the one we're, uh, we, that we've derived our discussion from is the book called Esoteric Psychology. We're uh, talking about how these spiritual war- war laws are real, and perhaps even more real uh, than the laws that we do acknowledge. Um, what is meant by the law by the law of group life? That's another one of the laws that uh, she writes about. It's very closely related to the other law, the law of love, uh, in that uh, the law of love is essentially love thy neighbor as thyself. Mm-hmm. And the law of group life is the recognition that uh, no one lives on this earth alone. We are not little universes unto ourselves. We live in relationship to uh, the whole of humanity. If we can't stretch our minds that far, we can at least imagine that we live in relationship to our family, our um, co-workers in our workplace, our community, our town, our neighborhood. Whatever uh, limits um, encompass one's idea of one's group, everyone has some kind of a group. And the law of group life is the realization that we live in relationship to others and therefore adjust our behavior, our speech, our thoughts, our responses to the fact that others are affected by what we say and do and think. Yes, and I think that's another way by what, as you said, by we're affected by what others think and do and say, and I think that's another way of looking at um, at this idea of the group. Because when we hear the term group, we usually think of some physical group, some tangible, you're a member of some society or a group of uh, workers or a family group, and it's usually in terms of some physical group. But there is another way that's um, also another way to identify one's sense of groupness, and that is by patterns of thought. Um, by the um, uh, just the way way we think, but we have relationships with people through our ideals, through our certain ideas uh, that uh, are common to a group of people. Uh, we have advoc- advocacy groups and uh, protest groups that um, are form a relationship around, and uh, so that that's another way I think more and more. We're already working this way and um, expressing ourselves this way through uh, uh, the group that is more dispersed. It's not a family group or a, a working group, but we're, we identify with a, a group who people have, who think like us, and mm-hmm. that's that's another way. Of t- it's it's moving the identity and the relationship up to a higher plane. I think this idea of a more subjective. Um, basis to group relationships is taking hold in the public consciousness because we we 
have a very common um, tendency to speak of networking, of wanting to establish links with a lot of people who may not be personal friends or acquaintances, but they there's a sense that you have something in common with them, some common interest. And the Internet is, is based on, on that sense of um, uh, network, literally a lighted network, but it, there are groups created on the network that meet together in chat rooms and so on to help each other to solve problems, share information. So that's a sign that uh, people are taking the stage of group uh, a bit further. And um, there are also um, ideas of, of group relationships that are more subjective in the sense of um, uh, the global nature of today's world. We realize that, for example, we can't just think of ourselves as one nation isolated from the rest of the world. This was one of the tremendous uh, lessons of September 11th, that uh, the United States might have become a bit too isolated in its approach to global affairs, and it was uh, um, soundly um, awakened to the realization that uh, no one is spared from the, the world's problems. And this is all, uh, we we're talking today about law, and I think this is um, another instance or another example of how the law is working out because mm-hmm. uh, the soul is by its nature group conscious, and uh, that's simply the way it, it thinks, it's the, simply the way it acts, and these impulses from the soul is, is working its way down into the personal lives, and we're beginning to express ourselves more and more as souls, I think, and that's why the the group idea is becoming so accepted mm-hmm. and uh, no longer just a, <clears throat> a collection of individuals were actually coming together at uh, at the group level. It seems to me that spiritual law is, uh, law is a lot more uh, meaningful than man-made law in a sense because with sp- with man-made law we get the feeling that if nobody sees us and we don't get caught, well, we've gotten away with it. But from what I've learned about spiritual law, what we're really saying is that uh, we always get caught in a sense because uh, it's always yeah. there and nobody has to watch us commit a crime. It just comes back to haunt us. Uh, is anyone above the law? No, I don't think so. There are some uh, who behave and uh, act as if they they are above the law, and they might be for a certain amount of time. Despots and dictators behave as if they are above the law, but eventually it catches up with them. And um, I think that's because we are all a part of humanity, and uh, no matter how we might try to convince ourselves we're an island uh, within the sea of uh, the human universe, we are connected, and we do... um, have to subject ourselves to the laws that govern the whole uh, the whole human race. This is something that is becoming more and more uh, applicable, I think, because well, there's more information circulating. People can't get away with what they used to get away with. Things can't be done in secret anymore. Mm-hmm. That passage from, what is it, the Bible, that everything shall be shouted from the housetops, that's certainly a, a, a phenomenon today. Yes, uh, people may think they're going to be um, getting away with something, but uh, uh, the laws of God are right there, (coughs) and uh, always the big eye of God is looking at you, so you you can't uh, get away from it. And there is that that sense in the the Bible that uh, you can't get away from uh, the laws of the land. Uh, 
that statement, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar and unto God the things that are God's. I think that was Christ saying that you have to obey the laws of the land and you have to obey spiritual laws. Both need our attention and there needs to be a fine balance between the two. If you don't agree with the laws of the land, you have to work to change those laws, but you can't simply ignore them and evade them. That's what that means to me. Yeah, well, uh, once again, if you'd like our general package of information, uh, you can certainly give us a call. We'll send you out all the information about who we are. You'll find some of it uh, to be very interesting reading. It's free of charge. We'll send it out to you as soon as possible once you call us. Phone us on the toll-free number, 1-866-695-8247, to order our books or to order that general package of information that we'll send out for free. Once again, our toll-free number, the easy way to remember it, remember it 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of New York LUCIS. And that's about all the time we have for our discussion today. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now, we'd like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If your A.C. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your A.C. unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>